Shulchan Arach we are in Simen Shin Tes. We're going to begin Halacha, hey, section 309. We're going to learn the fifth Halacha. Before we begin the fifth Halacha, in the fourth Halacha, we learned that when you have an object that is forbidden to be moved on Shabbos, lying on top of an object that is permitted to be moved, so we explained that if it was put there on Friday, consciously, with the intent that it should stay there the, the entire Shabbos. So then the permitted object becomes a busis, a base for the forbidden object. And the, the, this busis, this permitted object that now serves as a base for the forbidden object that was placed consciously there on Friday to stay there the whole Shabbos, it becomes aser, just like the forbidden object itself. However, if the person put it there without the intention that it should stay there on Shabbos. He just forgot. He left it there before Shabbos. So now the permitted object does not become a, a basis, a base for the forbidden one. And we said the same applies when the permitted object becomes a base for both something that is forbidden and permitted. So, for example, let's say on Friday, he places on the permitted object something that is uh, permitted to be moved which is more important than for the forbidden object. Since it was not a basis for the forbidden object alone, the base re- retains its permitted status. And it may be moved, even though the forbidden object will be moved along with it. Nonetheless, we said, if you can shake the forbidden object off, off from the base right away, you have to do so before moving the, the base. And only then would you be allowed to carry the permitted object to the place where he needs it. But we gave a number of qualifications. If, let's say, it's impossible for him to shake off the forbidden object, or shaking off the forbidden object will damage the forbidden object, or shaking the forbidden object off will not be effective in enabling him to satisfy the need for which he's moving the objects, um, like he needs the place. That's why he's moving the permitted object with the forbidden object. Um, And now by shaking off the object, now the forbidden object is still going to remain there. So that's not going to allow him to fulfill that purpose in that place. So in all of these cases, he is allowed to move the permitted object with the forbidden object on it. Now we're going to give an example. Ketzad, what is implied? A basket filled with fruit that also has a stone inside of it. So even though one intentionally placed a stone there while it was still day on Friday, intending that it remain there on Shabbos, since there is also fruit in the basket, and the fruit is more important than the stone, the basket becomes a base for both forbidden and permitted articles and does not become forbidden to be moved. However, we should point out that if one intentionally places a stone in an empty basket, so now the basket becomes a base for a forbidden object alone and is forbidden to be moved, as we learned in Allah Hadalat. Okay. So therefore, if the fruit it, it contains is fresh and very soft, for example, it's figs or grapes, which would become filthy and spoiled if they were shaken out onto the earth. So then one may move the basket as it is, with both the fruit and the stone in it, taking it to the place where he needs the fruit so that it can be eaten there. One is not obligated to take the fruit by hand and bring it there because they might fall from his hands to the earth and become filthy. Let's say the fruit is lying in small baskets within the larger one. So the stone is in the larger basket. It's not in any of these smaller baskets. The fruit is in the smaller baskets, though that's in the larger one. So then he should remove the small baskets by hand from the larger one and bring them one by one in a manner where there's no concern that the fruit will fall to the earth. So if the small baskets may fall when taken individually by hand, so then they may be carried in the larger basket. But if he's able to carry the small baskets 
we're, we're not concerned that the fruit will fall down to the ground, so then he could carry, then he should carry those. If he needs to take the large basket itself to another place to use it for a given purpose, he should remove the small baskets from the larger one by hand and place them on the ground. Then he should t- shake out the stone from the larger basket before taking it to the other place. Let's say the fruit is dry and it wouldn't be spoiled when uh, soiled by the ground because you can easily wash the dirt off without ruining the fruit. So then even if fr- the fruit is not in small baskets, one should not move the large basket as it is with the fruit and the stone in the basket. Instead, whether he needs the fruit or the basket, he should first cast the fruit out together with the stone and then pick up the fruit from the ground by hand and return it to the basket if he so desires. Now, based on section 335, it appears that one should be careful not to cast out the fruit in a manner that will cause them to disperse over a wide area. For in such a case, it would be forbidden to collect them and put them back in the basket. Okay. Concluding the Allah, however, if he needs the place where the large basket is lying and shaking out the fruit and the stone there will prevent them from using that space, he's permitted to take away the basket as it is in all instances. This concludes Halacha Hey and today's share.